What's up everyone, welcome to the show. We're getting further down the health hierarchy of needs this week, talking about nutrition. This is something that a lot of people wanna know about. Obviously, it is the backbone of weight loss. You really need to get your nutrition right, but we use it for much higher level things. Tune in to learn why. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday morning here in Sydney, Australia. We've got a cracking series for you this week on nutrition. We're gonna take a deep dive into uh, what we recommend here at Unity Gym, and uh, also reveal why we don't like diets at all. Uh, today we're going to kick things off uh, talking, or I guess framing why we uh, behave the way we do around nutrition and why we teach what we do, and why it's, uh, m more importantly, the, uh, I, I guess, a later priority to building an exercise habit. We first focus on motivation, uh, igniting your motivation and then uh, building a healthy exercise habit. And then number three on the health hierarchy is nutrition, building healthy nutrition habits. Before we get started, question of the day, we want to know in the comments section if you're tuning in on uh, YouTube or listening to the podcast or on the UMS Movement Mastermind group watching live, we want to know what is your favorite diet? Do you have a favorite diet? And if so, share us, share it. Uh, how are you, Rad? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun topic to talk about. It's, um, you know, it's definitely not something. It's funny because we, you know, when we talk about this topic, we we came from uh, going so deep on this stuff because we used to we used to do weight loss at Unity Gym. Believe it or not, there was a, there was a time when we trained people for weight loss, and um, we at that time we really really went deep on learning about nutrition because it's such a critical part about it. So now that we don't do weight loss anymore, or at least don't focus on it, um, it's a funny one to, to come around and to bring up, but it's still a good one because so so few people get this right. Uh, you know, even people like the three of us in this room here, Richard, Yanni and me, we all um, at times have to do a reset on our nutrition. And we, you know, we've been, we've been doing self-exploration for about 15 years now, you and me, Richie, maybe about 10 years I think and I say that because I was the catalyst for Richard's look into um into healthy eating it was, it was pretty funny we moved in together in he the, was on the Macca's diet well we moved in together in, we were in the army and uh, I didn't know him from a bar of soap it was funny how we moved we weren't even in the same section which means when you're in the army you don't spend a lot of time with people from other sections but we came back from East Timor and he needed a um, he needed a place to stay and um, I knew that he was a good guy. I, there, there were certain guys that I wouldn't have even offered a room to. <laughs> There's some pretty wild cards in the army. And we said, oh, you know, do you want to stay with us? And he went, yeah, yeah, for sure. And he started paying rent because we had a three-bedroom place, me and my mate. And uh, the first, after about a week or two, I, 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 um, we went shopping once and Richard bought, you know, frozen meat pies and Gatorades and, and frozen sausage rolls and stuff like that. And I said to him, I, I tried to be polite and gentle, but I said, listen, man, if you're interested, I've learned a little bit about nutrition and I'm going to be cooking healthy meals, you know, like just stuff that nourishes your body. And if you're interested, I can teach you how to cook. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And he really embraced it. And I, I taught him what I knew. I just taught him the basics about, you know, cooking meat and making vegetables and salad and stuff like that. And, and now uh, fast forward 11 years or about that, yeah, about, about 10 years, yeah, 10 years. And he's a very, very healthy person, very, very nutrition uh, conscious. But... That, at that time, I'd only really been learning about nutrition, like really becoming 
enthusiastic about it for probably about three or four years back then. Um, it was when we became personal trainers that we started to be told about what happens to your body when you eat McDonald's and when you eat shit and what goes on in your arteries and all this stuff. And you and I started looking at what we ate going, whoa, <laughs> yeah, we better fix this up. Yeah, that's so, yeah. right. Yeah, and it's a good topic. It's, uh, it's later down the hierarchy. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on this straight away because nutrition, I believe, is very subjective based on the individual's upbringing. And there's a lot of research. It's funny. I had a really good chat with my mother of all people on the weekend. I caught up and we went and had lunch together with my mum and stepdad. And, and my mum asked the question, do you guys give a nutrition program at the gym? Uh, and she shared a story about how she's working with an American company at the moment who has this nutrition plan and this and that. And, and I said, look, we give, uh, I like to call it a nutrition guideline, you know, not a, not a plan because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work well for someone else. And, and that's what, why I believe nutrition sort of needs to bend a little bit to the individual. But there is a set of criteria that everybody should be aiming for. And, uh, and that's what we do. We try to get people thinking about that, th that set of criteria very much aligned with what's going to support your training. You know, we've moved beyond a weight management gym uh, at, at Unity and we're, um, you know, more into human performance now and, and um, increasing, maximizing, whatever you want to call it, human performance through better strength, flexibility and cardiovascular fitness. We believe that creates the, the perfect or ideal athletic foundation that you can then go and deploy into whatever physical practice you prefer. Uh, and a big part of that is how you learn to nourish your body and and we like to really flip it from the from the get and rather than call it a diet rather than say that we give people a diet we teach you how to nourish not diet and that's something i'm very passionate about because a good friend of mine framed it very well he's a, a practicing cardiologist uh and he you know he sort of makes the analogy uh, a diet is, uh, by nature, has an expiry date. A diet is like going on holiday or going on a vacation. You always come home from the vacation and it kind of sucks. You get that vaca post-vacation blues. He says uh, very, his experience working as a cardiologist for 55 years is exactly the same. People come off a diet and, and have the post-diet blues, you know, where it's, uh, they end up rebounding and, 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 and gaining weight. And, you know, um, so the, the, the concept of a diet and this idea that it has an expiry date doesn't work. You know, you need to build habits that are uh, something that you will do forever. And your, your, your story with Richard is a, is a great example because there's a couple of key elements there that people don't really highlight or don't um, are, aren't aware of. One is that it worked so well for Richard because he was in an environment where it was the norm, the normal practice. I mean, with you, I, I know that uh, Lil, your other flatmate, didn't adopt the nutrition. So <laughs> he, he obviously didn't. <laughs> he, he obviously had a, had a reason for it. But this is why we put it further down the health hierarchy because it is uh, it, it takes a lot more intervention to change to change how you eat. There's so much influence. Um, there's so many things in in our lives that influence us to go in the wrong direction with nutrition that it it is just a really big thing for a lot of people to adopt. Yeah, it's actually I honestly believe that it's that it's actually a lifestyle intervention as much or even more than a nutrition inter intervention because. From personal experience, if you if you can't change the lifestyle factors that are going on that cause you to eat the wrong foods, then you've just got no chance. And like I'll give you an example of that. Like if you 
Like I've been to food courts in North Sydney where they have about 12 or 15 different different options or maybe 20 that you could choose from. And people, I've been there with friends and people say things like, oh, I feel like eating healthy today, I'm gonna get this. But I'll look at it and think, man, I'm not putting that in my body. That Like your healthy choice for me is, is a cheat meal. That's like what I would do like maybe once a week or, or once a fortnight or something like that. And I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean. Like people will say, um, I'm gonna get Thai food um, today. So, you know, that's a, by a lot of people's standards, that's a, that's a really healthy choice because you can watch them cook the vegetables and the meat right in front of you. And when you get it, you're getting quite crispy vegetables and, you know, with rice or whatever. But like the issue that, that um, goes along with that is, all the little things that they add to that Thai food that makes it taste a little bit better than when you cook the same meal at your own home are things that are really, really bad for you. It's honestly things like MSG, or it's, it's things that we'd call food additives, where if you looked on the back of a packet, you'd have all these numbers and everything. Yeah. So that's one thing that's really, really, really bad for you. And another thing is <clears throat> um, that you don't know the quality of the oil that they use. And I can almost guarantee it that if you're paying a moderate price for you know some takeaway tie or whatever it is like that that they are like every business it runs on margins right you run on profit margins so when you're a food business your profit margins come from things like cutting costs on the cost of oil or things like that something that you use a hell of a lot of and high quality oil costs so much more than low quality oil and low quality oils are one of the major causes when you fry when you heat low quality oil above 100 degrees Celsius, which any fried food is, is heated to. Um, it is one of the major causes of trans fatty acids in intake, which is one of the major causes of uh, contributing factors to heart disease and stroke. So that's a little bit of a digression. But what I mean by, um, I'm going back to this idea of a, um, uh, the lifestyle changes. So when you make that choice that you're going to eat healthy, if, you, if you're really honest with yourself, all of a sudden, you can't go for lunch with your friends every day at that food court because there's nothing there that actually supports the kind of nutritional intervention that we want to talk about. And, and you start having to, like what we've, what we've found, the only real way that is an easy way that's budget conscious that works for you, that we all do here, is you eat for lunch today what you ate for dinner last night. And yep. you, ju you just cook double the amount of food and you pack it in a lot. And we all do that. Yanni, Richard and myself, we all come into work and we have our lunchbox with our, with our dinner from last night. And that's, and that's a, like people go, oh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, okay, is that what you eat? But it's not so much about what do you eat. It's about are you ready to make the choice that you're not going to go to lunch with your friends every day, that yeah. you're going to change your lifestyle so that when all your friends at work say, hey, come on, let, you know, let's go down and get lunch, and you say, oh, no, it's all good. I've got my lunch here. Because yeah. people go, what? What do you mean? We're all going for lunch. Or you know you, you you're not going for that friday lunch where everybody has a beer you know which is the the ritual at your work yeah um, which is a really big thing around north sydney you know when we speak to people that are in the executive world in or not the executive world in the corporate world in north sydney that's a huge thing it's like friday lunches and yeah. people make jokes about how lunches bleed into after work beers and yeah. you know are you willing to give that up and yeah so so that's 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 really why we put the nutrition at the, as the third step on the health hierarchy because it is harder to get all of that right than a daily habit of movement and it's, it's much and it's easier. much easier to get right once you start to frame it as oh hang on i'm eating or drinking to support 
what I'm doing at the gym already. And mm. so once someone has a healthy habit of nutrition, it is just naturally the next progression. You know, your nutrition will generally improve when you're exercising a lot. You tend to not want to do the things that are going to interrupt or interfere with that exercise practice. And so that's why we find it really works better to just take it as the next step and not, not freak out about it too much initially. Focus on that first lowest hanging fruit, uh, building that exercise habit. Get it daily because if it's a daily exercise habit, uh, then you're going to find it easier that that, that 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 momentum carries through into your nutrition. Oh, it's so you know, much easier. A lot easier. So much and, easier. And then from there, we just have our, our criterion. First and foremost, we want to try and balance energy. And that's a, in and of itself, it's a really tough thing to do because nutrition doesn't matter what diet you're on if you don't balance energy and uh, calories in versus calories out the law of thermodynamics is always going to be true it's the, one of the first and, pro, and and i think um uh most important laws of physics and and you just you cannot beat it so you, you can argue until the cows come home that calorie uh, different calories feel different in the body. Yes, they will respond differently. The more fiber and the more whole food, you, you'll, tell, you, you'll tend to feel more satisfied. Uh, the hormones in the body are, are triggered uh, a little bit better and um, you'll tend to eat less. But at the end of the day, a calorie is a calorie and you, you have to learn to manage that. So that's the first step. And we, we tend to say that if you're not a, a male below 12% body fat and a female below around 20 to 22%, then you probably don't have that right just yet. You know, and and that's something that you really need to work on. Man, I was, um, you know, uh, Will, who's one of our members here, he used to be what's called a personal training coordinator at Fitness First. Um, I think he was there, he reckons, for about uh, a, dec a decade or something. Now, what that means is it means that you're the person that hires all of the personal trainers. You're the person that manages the personal trainers. Like you're a, you know, you're, you're a manager of the personal trainers at one of the biggest chain gyms in Australia uh, and the UK. And he went to, he was, I was asking him about some people that he's worked with and he was telling me about what it was like working with Charles Poliquin. And I don't know if you had this experience because I didn't work with Charles, but you did. Um, he was saying, I said, what do you think of him? He said, oh, he's really good. He said, man, he's, he, he's brutal though. He upsets a lot of people. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's a couple of people in there that were, uh, that were overweight and they were asking about periodization. And he literally looked them dead in the eyes and said, you do not need to worry about periodization. You need to worry about that treadmill and your diet yeah. because periodization is the last thing you need to worry about. You need to lose weight. Yeah. And that is a brutal thing to be saying to somebody. But at the same time, yeah. in an industry like, like this is a really, I'm probably gonna piss some people off when I say this, but that, that um, Jim Jeffries latest um, comedy um, show, he really nails this in, in a way, right? Yeah. Where he talks about how saying, Fat shaming is the only type of addiction that you are not allowed to do. And what, what he means by that is... You're not is allowed that, to shame. And he makes yeah. a joke about this where he talks... He says, he says, if you're addicted to smoking, if you're addicted to drinking, if you're any drugs, you know, anyone can shame you. You know, oh, you smokers, you know, like you go to pubs and everybody has to go outside and they've got to smoke in the smokers. But he said, if you tried to do that to a fat person, somebody that's overweight, even saying a fat person, a lot of people say, oh, you can't say that. Yeah. But so we've, we've developed this thing where we, where we protect people's feelings around something that is one of the biggest killers. Yep. It's largely within our control. 
And it's something that people need to be more aware of, you know. And so this whole thing about what Charles Pollock and the way that he did it, it's it's like it's a bit of a little bit of a tough love for certain people that that's hard for people to um to, to accept, I guess, especially considering that in, in the Western world, in Sydney, in Australia and in America, there's actually more overweight people than there are healthy weight yeah. people. People have the nerve to say to you or me often, oh, you guys are too skinny, you need to put on some weight. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm not too skinny. Well, we're pretty brutal. About? I mean, you were, when, when I was putting in the, 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 the requirements or recommendations for people as they, as the, you know, because, and this is something we're going to talk about deeply this week, you know, nutrition intervention is not one decision that you'll make. And I, and this was another thing I learned from um, my friend, the cardiologist. <coughs> it's the hundred little decisions you make every day that accumulate, that, mm. that, that give you the win. But you know, the first thing, the very first thing that has to come first is, are you balancing your energy? Yeah. Are you gaining weight, losing weight, or staying the same weight? And is that weight an ideal weight? You yeah. know, is it, and we're pretty yeah. brutal. I mean, I said, I said, I asked the boys, I said, is it, okay, you know, do you think we're gonna upset too many people if I say that if you're a man over 12% body fat, you're overweight, and a woman over 22%? And you guys were like, oh, yeah, maybe, but we're pretty <coughs> brutal. And the reason why is because we- it does depend we, on what age you're at. Yeah, if you if you're if you get into your fifties and sixties, those percentages would probably go up a little bit. Yeah, to a degree. Charles a, would disagree. Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot though. Not a lot though. Very small amount. Yeah, Charles, I I, I did sit in the room and hear Charles uh, brutalise people about their nutrition, and he yeah. was very he was a lot stricter than that. Yeah. You know, ten percent was the cutoff for him. If you're above ten percent as a man, you were you were getting a bit overweight. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why we do it is because we teach calisthenics, and we we use calisthenics as our way of demonstrating our skills and it's just you just can't do it if you're if you're carrying too much body fat you know it's too dangerous it's too it's too much stress on the body it makes everything very very difficult uh, and you're in at much higher risk of injury if you're carrying excessive body weight I mean yep. just think about the logic of doing uh, chin-ups or pull-ups you know with with 20 extra kilos or 10 extra even 10 extra kilos yep. is a lot of weight Man, you even know five extra kilos yeah. like it, it, it like it, when I've gotten heavier from the right ways from muscle mass it's you the body weight exercises become a lot harder yeah. as you become heavier and, and this is just let me finish and so the first skill <coughs> that we really work to unlock in calisthenics uh, after the chin up or pull up is the handstand and the handstand in and of itself you are defying human evolution it is not something that the body is designed to do and it puts extreme stress on the shoulders the wrists the hands and if you're carrying any extra weight it, it is too much stress but a lot of people come in and that's the first thing they want to learn they want to learn how to do a handstand you know and yeah it's it's tough because often you have to say you are not ready not not because you don't have the flexibility because you're carrying too much body weight you know yep. so that's our first step our first step is to learn how to how to stabilize your energy in versus energy out and there are lots of different ways that you can do that you know uh, whether it's whether it's with calorie counting using apps uh, we, t we we teach everything and we try to find what's going to work for the right person we I, I like to use time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting and you know to give you an example most Mondays I will do a 24-hour fast and that just really helps to sort of balance my energy for the week um, it helps to offset 
things that I may have consumed over the weekend that I probably shouldn't have. And it just helps to get me in good stead for the week so that I can be a bit more relaxed around what I eat. Uh, I do all sorts of stuff and, and, and it works for me. It works for me. Uh, I, I do, I, I, some, some days I'll eat like the warrior diet where I only have one meal for the entire day. But it's because it works for me. Once I get into flow throughout the day, I can fuel myself on a little bit of caffeine or, or uh, tea and, um, and water, you know. And, and, and if I don't think about it too much, then I'd, I'll be fine. But that, that doesn't, say, it doesn't mean it's going to be right for everyone. You know, we've got some good um, comments in here, some people saying that they use the 5-2 diet, uh, which is a time-restricted eating. Uh, there's a few people that are going for intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is the abstinence of food for 24 or more hours. So most people that do like a 16-8, that's a time-restricted eating regime. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I, I like it for look, many reasons, but I, but I don't say that it's... I'm, I'm certainly not a, an intermittent fasting zealot, and I, I, I certainly don't suggest that it is a, a weight loss diet because it's not. You well, know, it's... It can become a really great way of controlling calorie intake, but it can also be a terrible way if you're the type of person that has t very yeah, bad we've, discipline. We've had people that really didn't get it, and they use the they use the like the, the breaking window. of the fast like a reward for um, you know the fact that they didn't eat for 16 hours. So when they got into that eight-hour period, they just ate like just the worst foods and so much of it. I personally, I used intermittent or time. It's not. It's actually guys. If it's less than 24 hours that you don't eat for, it's not called fasting. It's called time-restricted eating. A fast only occurs from the 24-hour mark of abstinence from, from calories. And you, you notice that I said calories, not food. It's calories that you have to abstain from. Um, so the I've I've um, cycled in and out of that where now I'm when I'm training well and I'm consistent with my training I actually do the total opposite I'm doing 16 hours of eating and eight hours of not eating and I'm doing that because I'm trying to build uh, muscle at the moment so um, yeah there's different reasons to do different types of eating but you know hearing what people are saying here like I'm doing time restricted eating I'm doing 16 8 I'm doing this I'm doing 5 2 the the really good thing about what all of you are doing is that you're all being aware of what you're eating you're doing you're trying to do something that isn't a diet but it is actually a change in your behavior around the way that you eat and you're working to figure something out that works long term for you and I can tell you right now the dialing in your nutrition is a is a process that takes time. We have a friend. Check him out if you want um, some inspiration on Instagram. He's called Origin of Energy, and out of anyone that I know personally, and when I say I know personally, he's one of my closest friends. I've known him since high school for thirty years now. We lived we moved out of home together. I, I um so I know what he's done. I know his journey very very well. Uh, that guy goes deeper into um, nutrition than anyone I know and he goes more obsessively into it than anyone I know and he has changed his tune and the way that he eats so many times because his whole thing is a journey of self-exploration and he doesn't preach anything that he hasn't tried on himself for six months and then after he's done it on himself for six months and felt the results he'll, he'll put it on to other people and so the reason I'm saying that is because the person that I even look up to for nutrition inspiration that that you know is more of a obsessive zealot than Yanni and I or Richard are he is still on a on a journey of discovery even after 20 years of doing this so so this isn't something that you just say to yourself all right I'm gonna do this and you do it it's something that if you're smart about it it becomes a journey and in the very very least 
I would say this. If you can't look in the mirror and be happy, 100% happy with the, the body composition, meaning you've got enough muscle mass to and, and a, a little amount of fat mass on you to be able to perform the way that you want to, not be in a risk factor for heart disease, stroke, raise cholesterol, all of those things. If and you can't, that you're confident. And that you're confident, that yeah. you feel good about yourself. If you can't look in the mirror and say that with all sincerity and certainty, then a really good exercise for you to do is gonna be to spend six months really really going for it on this you yeah. know becoming you know like learning about calorie control like yani said using an app to track everything that you eat um preparing your own food and making your own food for that you have for dinner the same meal that you have for lunch tomorrow learning how to um control your cravings and have periods of time where you don't eat anything at all for, for you know at least 16 hours once a week or twice a week like just just developing a different relationship metabolic with flexibility food. which is something that yeah. uh, Stephen Pellegrino's um, talking about here as well he's said hi I'm on a 17-7 intermittent fast at 24,000 uh, 100k cows a day mostly low carb I just read your nutrition blueprint and might tweak with a day of no carb uh, ketosis and what he's sort of referring to there is very very important and and one of the things that we're going to talk about later on in the week we will we will talk about all of the criterium that we teach here uh, but one of them is to improve metabolic flexibility which means you know our bodies most of us if you're on a western diet ha are very very efficient at metabolizing glycogen carbohydrate for our primary fuel source it just has become our primary fuel source because it's abundant and it's easier to produce wheat and rice and things like that and it's it's cheaper it's more cost effective Unfortunately, though, it's not the always the healthiest uh, uh, thing. And if, if we're a, a little bit overweight <coughs> and we are trying to um, metabolize some fat to reduce our, our body fat percentage, then we're going to need to be more flexible. We're going to need to be able to switch between um, those different uh, substrates of energy, uh, uh, glycogen or fat. And the best way to do that is to exercise it. It's like a workout. You know, you, you one day you eat carb and the next day you don't eat any carbohydrate and mostly fat and protein. And that in and of itself creates this flexibility where your body, when it comes time to metabolize fat, will be able to do it, you know. Yeah. But I'm gonna make something very, very clear here, guys. And we're gonna talk about this more tomorrow. Being on a high fat, low carb diet does not mean that you are going to burn more fat all the time. Okay, this is something that takes people a lot, a many, many times hearing to understand fully. When you eat only fat, or the, the, the more you eat of a macronutrient, fat, protein, or carbohydrate, the better your body becomes at metabolizing it. But that also means that it becomes better at storing it. So be very careful if you, if you go down the dogma of, oh, I, I only eat fat and protein because it helps me burn fat. Yeah, you will. You'll become better at metabolizing those two substrates, but you will also become really efficient at storing it when you need to store energy. So the, you know, the idea that if you have a high fat diet, you'll be leaner, it's just not right. It's just a misunderstanding of the way the human body works. But saying that, we are proponents of a lower carb, higher protein, probably a little bit higher fat diet. And there are a few reasons for that. And, and one of them is that it, it just seems to do better with our clientele. Uh, it seems to help reduce 
all the other things that we're going to talk about later on in the week, systemic inflammation, uh, it, it helps to cultivate a healthier gut microbiome. It, it furnishes um, your need for muscle protein <coughs> synthesis when you're exercising a lot. Uh, and so there are reasons why, but that does not mean that it is necessarily the best diet. You know, the best diet is the diet, someone said it earlier on here, I think Aidan Potts, the best diet is the diet you'll actually stick to. Uh, and, and that may mean that it might look differently to mine, you know, based on what you've been brought up on. Your gut microbiome is going to be sending you different um, feelings, sensations and urges, different cravings based on what it's used to feeding on. And if you if you want to change it, you need to be ready to ch for that challenge, you know, and, and, and I think that's a great thing to do, but make sure you're ready for it because it's not always going to be comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Look, we're going to go deeper into this later this week. We're going to be talking about nutrition all week. The most important takeaway from today's show is the idea that you, if you want to start tackling this, you really want to have made sure that you've looked at the earlier steps on the health hierarchy first. You want to be exercising daily. You want to have created that daily habit of exercise. And before that, you need to really be clear on your motivation as to why you're doing this. What, why are you doing all of this? Get those two steps dialed in. And then when you're ready to dive into nutrition, understand that you are embarking on a journey and this isn't going to be a just a one thing that you do and it fixes everything it's a, it's a decision that you're now going to beha start behaving dif differently that you're going to start refining what you do um, daily weekly monthly um, and you're going to keep moving forward you're going to adopt this one percent better every day um, and if you're ready for that, then we're going to, you know, talk about that this week and uh, and show you guys some some really cool stuff for how you can get started and how you can get some great results. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. And Thanks. we'll answer some more questions. We've got some good questions in here. Uh, Stephen Pellegrino, uh, he's this is the last one I want to finish on. Have hit body comp goal and now want to slowly slowly gain weight to gain some lean muscle optimally. What's a good weight gain per week or month? I'd hate to gain a ton of fat along with muscle. Uh, look, it's a little bit different for everyone, and, and it, 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 what, what also throws a little bit of a spanner in the works is the, your age. Um, I, will f I, I find that if you, are, uh, you know, if you can gain a few hundred grams of lean muscle a week, that's astonishing. It's very, very good. It really depends how hard you're training and how, well you, how, how disciplined you are with your nutrition, though. So it's very, very subjective based on the individual. Uh, I would say if you're gaining more than a, a, a couple of hundred grams a week, then be careful uh, and just keep an eye on it. You know, look at your midsection. You'll know most guys will get um, gain weight around the midsection first. You want to make sure that you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're, we like to use DEXA scan to, to monitor it the most accurately, um, depending on whether you've got access to that wherever you are in the world, mate. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for another great show. Have a good day. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction. Gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.